The scripture reading this morning is taken from Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 10. Isaiah 11. Beginning to read. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions to the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child would lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will, will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child will put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on, my, on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. In that day the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his place of rest will be glorious. If you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me to a very familiar story. In Matthew chapter 1, the first thing we're going to do is read it, and then try and relate what that event means to our lives today. Matthew chapter 1, and we'll begin reading there at verse 18. This is Joseph's story. Matthew writes, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be, could someone else come up here and read that? My voice just isn't working. Wes, would you be kind enough to do that? Through chapter 2 and verse 15. If that works for you. Yeah. 1 verse 18 to 2 15. Okay. Reading out of the ESV. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will, shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. 
When Joseph woke from, his, from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler, who will, be, will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring word to me, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother and worshipped him. They fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Thank you. In the last week or two, as I've perambulated around town, I've had several people ask me the question, so are you ready for Christmas? My answer to that is, well, usually my wife takes care of that. <laughs> and um, I don't know, it seems like Christmas is starting earlier every year, and, and, and I don't know what it takes for you to get ready for Christmas. If you're a child or a teenager, maybe uh, there isn't a whole lot for you to do. I remember one of my chores as a, as a teenager was always to go out and find a Christmas tree. So I would take my toboggan and and go to some place that I, I knew where I could find a Christmas tree and tramp through the bush and the snow until I found a tree that was just right. And it's amazing the tree, how many trees you had to chop down to get one that was just right. And, and uh, um, yeah. Anyway. And I know that in my house, my wife gets, uh, you know, now it's a little different, but, but uh, my wife gets the decorations out and sends. I have absolutely no clue about how to decorate a Christmas tree. She takes care of all of that. I think her granddaughter had her hand in it too and, uh, and the rest of the stuff. So that's fine and, and it all gets taken care of. I know Kathy needs to do some baking and, and uh, you know, there will be a Christmas dinner and all that other fun stuff and I'm looking forward to that. But if we're going to get ready for Christmas, we not only need to make the right arrangements we need to have the right attitude in our hearts. And it's not just arrangements that I want to talk about. In fact, what I want to talk about this morning is our attitude as it relates to Christmas. 
And I think if we look at Joseph's example, there are a number of different ways that we can see that we need to get ready. I think one of the things we need to get ready is to develop an attitude of trust in God. We need to develop an attitude of trust that we are confident that God knows what he's doing. Now, apparently Joseph was a man of faith. He must have been. And faith isn't always easy, and it certainly wasn't for Joseph. And I think that Joseph probably wanted to ask a lot of questions. And Joseph had been doing a lot of thinking. Why did the angel say to Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife? Try and put yourself in this scenario. We assume that Joseph, and this is strictly an assumption, we assume that Joseph was significantly older than Joseph or than, than Mary was. Because Joseph disappears from the pages of Scripture. When Jesus is 12 years old, he makes this trip to Jerusalem with his mom and dad. That's the last time we hear of Joseph. Any time after that, when the Bible talks about Jesus' parents, all it talks about is Mary and, and Jesus' siblings. But we never hear about Joseph. But he had probably done much thinking. There's an old version of the Bible that, that quotes these words from the angels, Do not be afraid, either that thou shalt offend the Lord, or bring any reproach or scandal upon thyself as, as if thou didst connive at an adulteress. So you're, here you are, an older man, and you're engaged, you're betrothed, which was more formal than an engagement. You're betrothed to this young woman. And all of a sudden she says to you, oops, I'm pregnant. How do you deal with that? The Bible says because Joseph was her husband and a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, teen pregnancy isn't frowned upon like it used to be. And there are lots of people who have children who aren't married. But in those days, it was a real social stigma. And now Joseph would besmirch his reputation. Can you just imagine the words that are going around this little town of Bethlehem? And after they got married, as, as she began to show, people could do the math. They could figure it out. And somewhere along the line, the tongues must have wagged, but Joseph must have thought a whole lot about this. A young pregnant woman could have made a fool out of him. And, but in spite of all that, he did what God told him to do. He didn't understand everything, but he understood one thing. And that one thing was that God could be trusted, that God knew what he was doing. And because Joseph trusted God, Christmas happened. You and I need to develop an attitude of trust in God. 
Now that's easy to do when your circumstances smile. It's easy to trust in God when life is good. It's not so easy to trust in God when your life really bites. If you're trapped in a marriage or in a relationship, that is absolutely awful. If you get a pronouncement from your doctor that says you've got cancer, when you get older and all of a sudden you can't do some of the things you used to do, Maybe you're a teenager and you're failing your grades in school and and things have come unglued and you're not getting along with your mom and dad. It's harder to trust God under those circumstances. I know that faith is difficult at times. And sometimes it's hard to trust God's wisdom and power. But Christmas reminds us that God knows what he's doing. Christmas reminds us that God can be trusted, that there is light in the midst of so much darkness. The angel said to Joseph, Joseph, don't be afraid. And I don't know. Sometimes I'm afraid. Sometimes I worry. But we need to go beyond that. Not just arrangements, but attitudes. And another attitude that we have, an attitude of trust in God, another attitude that you and I need is that we need to care for other people. Joseph cared for Mary and Jesus. Joseph adopted a child that wasn't his own. He could have been angry at Mary His life didn't work out the way he wanted to. The Bible said they didn't have sexual relations until after the child was born. They had to wait. And so they lived together. But they couldn't consummate their relationships until Jesus was born. He adopted a child that wasn't his own. He chose not to be angry with Mary or to take it out on her. And I wonder if there could have been a hint of suspicion in the back of his mind for some time. It's an absolute whopper of a story. You know, your, your girlfriend or your daughter comes home and says, hey, I'm pregnant. Well, how did that happen? Well, how do you think? And then, how much credibility do you give to your dreams? An angel appeared to Joseph. Listen to this. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, how much credibility do you and I give to our dreams? Me, one of my most vivid dreams, and you've heard about this one, but I'm doing, I'm doing drug bust with Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Starship Enterprise. You know, I mean, how much credibility do you give to something like that? You know, or, or I'm a helicopter pilot, or, or, you know, I mean, it's like the woman that wakes her husband up one morning, and, and she's shaking the living daylights out of him. You know, you jerk, like, who's Julie? 
and he doesn't have a clue what she's talking about. Well, she said, I dreamt that you were messing around with the girl named Julie. I want to know who Julie is. Like, how much credibility do you give to your dreams? And Joseph developed this attitude of caring for others. Now, Christmas seems to be a natural time for you and me to reach out. And there are the Salvation Army kettles and, and the food hampers and the community Christmas dinners. But the realistically, caring for others should be a year-round occupation for the Christian. You and I need to care for people year-round. And I know the trouble is that we get wrapped up in our own lives. But that's what God expects for us. In fact, one of the reasons the nation of Israel got into so much trouble was because they neglected the social aspects of the gospel. Now, I, I, I know that there is, only, there is so much need in this world, and there is only so much that we can do. And a couple of weeks ago, we dedicated all these Operation Christmas Child Boxes. Absolutely fantastic. And if you were here last Sunday night, you know, the, these men who were up here, they go back to Romania and distribute food hampers and, and other things to people who are absolutely poor. And we need to do things like that. We need to be willing to share with others. It's part of being a Christian. Being a Christian isn't just coming to church on Sunday morning and not doing bad things. Being a Christian is something that is proactive, where we get involved in the lives of other people, people like Melita, who train midwives, who help people out, free of charge, who have a hospital where people can come. Listen to what the Bible says. I'm going to read through a number of these verses. They're going to pop up on the screen behind me here. Deuteronomy 10, verse 12. Okay, Old Testament and New Testament. And now, O Israel... What does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? Micah 6 verse 8, He has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Zechariah 7 verse 9, This is what the Lord says, Administer true justice, Show mercy and compassion to one another. Mark 12, 23, or 33, Jesus, to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifice. Romans 13, verse 10, love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And James 1, verse 27, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. To be ready for Christmas, we need to be carers for others. But not only carers, we also need to develop an attitude where we're willing to give. To be ready for Christmas, we need to develop an attitude of trust we need to develop an attitude of caring, and we need to develop an attitude of giving, to give to God all that we are. Joseph gave himself. Think about that. God asked Joseph to step up in faith 
No idea where this trip was going to take him. No idea what this was going to cost him, what this was going to be going to involve. God simply said to Joseph, Mary's going to have a baby. You are to call him the name Jesus. That's it. And Joseph got to the point where he said, okay, I will give myself. I will give and I will take this child that isn't not mine. He didn't know the danger involved in being Jesus' earthly father. Apparently, they stayed in Bethlehem for some time. The wise men found them in a the house. There's a manger scene at my house. The wise men are there, not supposed to be. But that's my own personal opinion. They found Jesus in a house, it says in Scripture. But think about it. What happened? You know, Joseph stayed there with Jesus for some time. What happened to Joseph's home and business in Nazareth? What happened there? I don't know. What would have happened if Joseph and Mary would have been caught with baby Jesus? What would have happened to Joseph had he been caught with the baby Messiah? And Joseph was willing to do whatever God asked of him. In other words, Joseph put God's will instead of his own interest or ahead of his own interest. He gave himself to God. And you and I need to give ourselves to God as well. You see, we, we, we preach that salvation is by grace through faith. We know that. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But think about this. If you are to accept God's gift of salvation, sometimes we make salvation very easy. And we say to someone, well, just pray this prayer and you get your ticket out of hell. But you know what? Realistically, if I am going to call Jesus Lord, then it's going to cost me everything that I am and own. Joseph gave himself. He turned his life over and he said, God, it's all there. You do with me whatever you want. Whatever it costs, Lord, whatever the cost, any cost, any time, anywhere, any place, I'm willing to do it. And, and that's the thing that, that was laid out to Kathy and me one time. And I think that's the point at which we turned a corner. You see, we had been Christians for years. We had both grown up in Christian homes. We were married. We had, I think we had Sandy already. And one day we went to this. There was a group called the Christian Pilots Association. I had a commercial pilot license, and we used this airplane. And Kathy and I flew down to a thing called a fly-in, which is kind of a place where all kinds of pilots and airplanes and stuff get together. And our guest speaker that particular weekend, and we went to a place called 108 Mile in BC. It's a guest ranch, wonderful place. It's got its own private airstrip. And the guest speaker that day was a man who had been, he was a retired missionary pilot, had served with Wycliffe Bible translators all his life. I had read about this man in books. 
He was like my hero. One of the neat things to discover was that even heroes walk on the same ground that I do. I got a flying lesson from this man. I will never forget that. He taught me a lot. But one afternoon, Kathy and I got together with him and his wife, and they spoke very simple words to us. And the words were these. Jesus paid the price for your life. Therefore, Jesus owns you, and therefore, Jesus has the right to tell you what to do. You do not own your own life anymore. If I'm willing to accept the price that Jesus paid for my life, then he owns me. If he owns me, my life is not my own. If he owns me, he tells me what to do each day. He tells me how to conduct myself. He tells me where to go and where to stop. A couple of weeks ago, Still Picking played a song on the stage here called Just a Closer Walk. And I hear that song at a lot of funerals. People like it. But think about it. In the book of Amos, we're asked this question, how can two walk together except they be agreed? You see, when Kathy and I go for a walk, I have to travel at her speed. We have to adjust our speed to each other. And if we're going to walk together, I have to ask her, well, you know, when we come to the end of our driveway, do you want to go to the left or do you want to go to the right? Do you want to go to the north part of town? Do you want to go to the south part of town? And so we have to agree as to where we're going to go. We have to walk at the same place. And if I'm going to walk with Jesus, I need to keep in step with him. If he says, we're going here, a place that I'm not comfortable, I need to walk with him. He's my Lord, he owns me. If he says, don't go there, I can't go there, because he's my Lord. He owns me, he tells me what to do. He says, I want you to do this, and Lord, I don't like that. He says, you know what, just go ahead and do it anyway. He owns me, he's my Lord. He could tell me what to do. Christ risked and gave his life to help others, to help us, and we need to lay down our lives to help, help others. We need to give ourselves to God. Christianity always costs you something. It may cost you popularity as you stand up for the name of Jesus. I was always petrified when I was in high school to stand up for Jesus because I thought people would give me a hard time. And so I tried very hard to cover all that up. I was a coward. Christianity may cost you time 
as you get involved in serving Christ in the church. It will cost you money as you support the work of the church and missions around the world. It may even cost us our lives if we stand up against prejudice and racism and injustice and wrong. You know, many people in my home country of Holland risked their lives, and some of them paid with their lives for helping Jews and others out. And many missionaries and pastors and Christian workers have forsaken lucrative careers and material possessions to serve Jesus. When I went to Bible school, there were some people, some of my classmates were dirt poor. They were there as married couples. They never had anything when they came to school, and they were dirt poor all their lives through school. There were other people that had walked away from one other guy that I knew had walked away from over a million dollars to serve God. Because Jesus said to him, go and do something different. Christmas becomes meaningful, I think, when you and I can say, whatever you want, I'll give. Wherever you lead, I'll go. Whatever you'll ask, I do. See, God asked that of Joseph. Joseph didn't know what he was signing up for, but he trusted God. I'm asking you, will you say to God, whatever you want, I'll give. Whatever. Open hand. Whatever you want, I'll give. Wherever you lead, I'll go might mean walking away from your comfort, your peace, everything you have. Whatever you ask, I'll do. I know that lots has been done already to get ready for Christmas. And more needs to be done. But I hope you and I will be ready for Christmas in our hearts and in our attitudes. I hope I'm trusting in God I hope I'm confident that he knows what he's doing. I hope that I'm willing to care about others and I'm willing to give of myself. I hope that you are in that same place as well. Father, thank you for Joseph's example, how he was willing to trust you, to care about others, and to give of himself. And Lord, as we get ready for Christmas, Please help it to be not just about us, but help us to look at others, to look around, and to do and give whatever you ask us to do and give, because ultimately we know that will bring us the most joy. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. We're dismissed. Have a great day.